Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. And all that he's going to do. And um, I don't believe it's going to be too much longer in the Lord. We'll be coming back. I believe that. And surely, surely he's coming back very soon. Sister Penny has to be. The crazy time that we're living in right now. And this is definitely uh, trying times that we're living in. Uh, it's a challenge to whether you're cha- you claim to be a child of God or not. This is a challenging time. Um, Absolutely, it seems like it has accelerated uh, exponentially. It's just like, especially the last two years, it's been absolutely crazy. And listening to some other men speak this week and uh, prayer felt in my heart kind of something I wanted to dive into for our midweek um midweek is it is those who in general are the backbone of the church it is those who i guess you could say has the back has the church's back and um and i'm thankful for those who come that now that's not always the case i know there's some things keeps people from coming to the house of god on midweek work and circumstances but uh i'm glad that you're here and i have endeavored to think and pray about what the lord wanted for for a thursday nights for for this year and of course this is only the second one we've had and due to covid and weather and all that kind of stuff but i'm going to try my best to help us with something i've prayed and sought the Lord and this is something I really truly feel like going this direction uh, for the Lord to help us so I'm going to be turning to the last book of the Bible Revelations chapter 21 and verse 4 1 through 4 I'm sorry no doubt very familiar scriptures to anyone who is accustomed to the Bible and the word of the Lord I do want to say, um, and not forgot about those who's read through their Bible, um, if you would let me know, I know there's several that's kind of had and let me know, but uh, I've slept a lot since then, and so uh, I will, we're going to try to make sure we honor those within the next couple of weeks once I get a um, kind of a count of those who has uh, has read through, so... Revelation 21, verse 1 through 4. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there were, was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God 
is with men. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them. And be their God. I don't know about you, but. I'm hungry for this. Verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall be there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. That sounds sweeter every day. I am longing. I'm longing for that day. Even more so every day. Even Lord Jesus come now. That's how I'm feeling. Some may say, well, you got a good family. You got a grandkid now in this world. I'm not sure I want him to be raised up in this world and get to a good, strong, full age one of these days. Have to deal with some things. I'm, I'm longing for, for heaven. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your blessings. Thank you for all you've done. All you're going to do, Lord. I'm asking you to help us today, Lord. Help us, God, as we endeavor to embark on a journey, Lord, and try to make heaven our home, Lord. I just pray that you would help us today in all that we do. Touch this wonderful people, this congregation today, God. We love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to California, and I'm going to take an Apple phone. I'm going to go to California. I'm going to take my Apple phone and bread. I'm going to California. I'm going to take my Apple phone, some bread, and a cat. I'm not sure if you ever played that game before, but we have played that with our kids many times, traveling to um, different places with youth groups. And the ideal of the game is simply someone starts off with I'm going to California or wherever we always use California wherever you may choose that you're going to go and you say what you're going to if you're first you say what you're going to take and it has to be in alphabetical order so A, B, C as you can see as I was going along and um, you had to remember each item that everybody said so if you're on down the line with, you know, F, G, if you're Z, you're in trouble. You probably done lost. But the first one who don't complete all the things, you know, and add, add everything in there, they're the ones who are out. And I guess we continue to uh, the last person standing. We never got that far, I guess. <laughs> We'd kind of get bored with it eventually. But um, it... Here uh, for us on this side 
of the nation planning a trip, long trip somewhere like California, that's a long journey. Certainly, it would take a whole lot of preparation. I remember when me and Sister Cheryl went to Cozumel, Mexico for our 25th anniversary, the thought of going somewhere that far away on our first plane trip, knowing that we had to be careful with what we put in luggage bags and this and that, trying to plan it all out. There's a lot of prepping and planning in our mind to try to plan for that long journey. And anytime you're going to take a long journey and you plan to stay a while, it's a very good idea to prepare for the journey. I'm going to talk about that particular subject here tonight. And unless the Lord just majorly changes my mind over the next few weeks, I want to be talking about preparing for the journey. Preparing for the journey. Um, not just any journey. But I'm, I'm preparing for heaven. Um, everyone in this world is preparing for this journey. Everyone who claims to be a Christian and everyone who does claims to not even know God or whatever. We all are on a journey. Some are preparing. Some are more prepared than others. Others are not even sure or seem to care where they're traveling. Sister Chastity, nevertheless, we're on a journey. We all have a destination that we're going to make when this life is over. Every one of us. And we need to know or it would be a good idea if we understood what our destination is going to be. We, we can not just float through this life. We cannot afford to just float through this life and think that we're going to accidentally journey into heaven. It is absolutely impossible unless I'm totally reading that word wrong unless everybody that I've heard preach you're not going to float into heaven we must we must we must we must be intentional in where our life is going to lead us to we have to be intentional. We cannot. I, I cannot stress this enough. And Brother David said it. As I just got up here and started talking. It's like it's accelerated. We're, we're seeing. So many signs of. Getting to that. End of this road. We absolutely are. There are things happening right now that I was at work and I was talking to a guy I work around probably the majority of the time when I'm at work and he was talking about how crazy things are. 
And he said, man, it's just crazy times. I looked at him, I said, it's the end times. I said, that's what it is. We are in the end time. We are quickly, quickly accelerating to the end of this journey. I've used this so many times. And I think this is the actual true quote of it from Lewis Carroll. They wrote in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here? That depends a good deal on where you want to get to, said the cat. I don't much care where, said Alice. Then it doesn't matter which way you go, said the cat. So long as I get somewhere, Alice added as an explanation. Oh, you're sure to do that, said the cat, if you only walk long enough. George Harrison said, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. I must emphatically say today, there's only two destinations for everyone who has lived, who is living now, or will ever live. There's only two destinations. When we die, or Jesus comes back, you're going to go to heaven, or you're going to go to hell. There is only two destinations. Two. Somebody say that. Two destinations. I make, <coughs> excuse me. I want to make sure you hear me today. Two destinations. Every one of us are journeying today. From the youngest to the oldest. We are journeying. And we've got to prepare for this journey. We've got to prepare for this journey. It is a journey of a lifetime. We're going to get there. And you might say, I don't care where I go. But you keep walking this life, you're going to get there. Every one of us are going to get there. There's a place that we're all heading to. And there's only two destinations. Jesus told us the contrast between the two destinations in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. He said, Enter you in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth into life. And few there be that find it. The broad way is easy. It's easy to go with the flow. And let me take it out of the world. Let's bring it into the church. This is us. Us that's here tonight. I'm going to give you the best I can of myself tonight. All right? That may not be great, but it's the best I got for you, okay? When we're, in, we're, when we're a part of the kingdom of God, the broad way is easy. Because listening, listening to something this weekend... Uh, a podcast interview, somebody interviewing Bishop about the, his book, the, Ad, the Anatomy of a Failure, and he's talking about how there's so many that, that, that used to believe that, you know, 
all you got to do is you just repent and, and you can make heaven your home and you can't lose your salvation. Unfortunately, that has filtrated into the church. And not just any church. The, the apostolic churches. We think there's a good broad way and you can do whatever you want to do. And you're okay. Is that preparing for this journey? The American revivalist from the 1700s, Jonathan Edwards, summed it up very well when he wrote, Life ought to be spent by us as to be only a journey towards heaven. My question tonight is us that's here today. Are we living our life preparing for the journey to make it to heaven? Are we living our life? If our life's journey is going to lead us to heaven, I would think that we ought to know as much as possible about our destination. Amen? Amen. We ought to know what heaven's about. As I read them scriptures a few moments ago, and it is everything everyone here wants. Just in those few verses that I led, read. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. How many is tired of crying over junk? How many is tired of crying over all this stuff that we have to deal with in life? And there shall be no more death. We've had enough death out of this church in the last few years. Neither sorrow. How many is tired of sorrow? I'm tired of being sad over stuff. I'm tired of being sorrow, sorrow, having sorrow about this and sorrow about that. No more crying. I'm tired of crying about things. No more pain. That's physical. That's spiritual. That's emotional. No more pain. Don't have to deal with the pain no more. And all the former things are going to be passed away. This is just a fraction of the place that I am trying to get to. Just a fraction of it. And we got to understand that that's the destination that we're going to make our minds up to get to, Brother Texas. Jesus said, Sister Penny, broad is the way that leads to destruction. But there's a narrow way that's going to lead us to life. And if our life's journey is going to lead us to heaven, we need to understand more about that destination. Because how many here today, mom and dad come one time to you, or maybe work come to you, and they said, we're going to go here. And you just wasn't excited. You put no effort in it. It might have been church tonight. I don't know. You didn't put no effort. You didn't do nothing. Pastor sent out a text to everybody. Hey, there's church tonight. How many were excited and really got prepared for it tonight? Or we just showed up because this is what we do. I'm trying to bring in perspective tonight. Because what we get excited about is what we will prepare for. Right? Amen. You had no problem 
getting excited about going to Owensboro this week. None. And you won't be, have any problem about getting excited about going back when you get the next phone call. Why? There's something there waiting on you. As much pain as you dealt with a year ago with this precious baby, you really had no problem being prepared to go bring him into this world. The same with, with that and right back there. As much pain as they bring, there's a preparation inside of you that says, I know it's going to hurt. I know it's going to be inconvenient. But I can get excited about that. And somehow we've lost view of what heaven is really about. Or either we've never had the perspective of what it's really about. And that's why it's complicated to come to the house of God. It's complicated to pray. It's complicated to read. It's complicated all these things. But if we're not careful, if we don't get excited about the destination, the exchange between Alice and the Chester cat points out our journey will be long and it will be aimless. And it will, it will assure us that, that only that we will eventually arrive somewhere. Right? We're going to arrive whether we want to get there or not. Whether you're excited to get there or not, we all are going to arrive. Yep. Uh, and this is what we got to understand. I'm trying to get ahead of myself, but, but uh, we, we see, unlike Alice, we have a specific destination in mind for the journey that we want. I, I do, anyway. I got a place in mind for the journey that my life that I want to take. And it matters very much to me that I travel in the right direction and I take the right path. Why does it matter? Why does the path and the direction we travel? Because before we get to heaven and before we get to hell, there is a destination we'll get to first. That's what we got to understand. I saw Revelations 21 and 11. I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Listen, listen to this, verse 12. I saw the dead, small, great, stand before God. You know what he's saying here? I saw everybody, whether they was great stature, whether they small stature, it didn't matter. Everybody was standing in front of this, this place. And the books were open. Do we know what books we're talking about? Okay, this is the books, this Bible. Okay, Jenna, you're going to stand before God someday. And God's going to open this book right in front of you. Listen, you. So David, he's going to open it up right in front of you. Jacob, he's going to open that book up. He's going to lay it right in front of you. Okay? we got to understand the concept of what I'm talking about here. This is why my destination matters. This is why my preparation for my journey matters. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And it said the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to, anybody know what it says? Their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, 
and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was also cast into the lake of fire. We are going to be judged according to our works. Another translation says deeds. The English Standard Version of verse 13 says, according to what they have done. So my question is, according to what they've done, we're here. Based on what? This book. The answer is absolutely according to the journey that we have walked on this earth in this time that we live in now. This journey that you and I are on. This journey. You may not feel like you're on a journey right now, and you may feel like you're on a long journey. But I can tell you right now, we are in on a journey. From the time you take your first breath to the time you take your last breath is the journey of a lifetime. And so if God is going to open the books or this Bible and judge us out of those things that are written in this book according to our works and deeds, according to what we have done on this earth, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life, and their name's not written there because if they have not lived according to the word of God and according to their works is not line, uh, doesn't line up to this, then I'll be judged and I'll be cast in the outer darkness. I want to make sure I have prepared for the journey that's ahead. I cannot say this enough. If I lay this book in front of you today, I'm going to be Sister Cheryl here. I want all eyes on me. If I lay this book in front of you today, and you imagine that I am, and I'm not, I'm far from it, but I am God, and He's standing before you, and you've got this book in front of you. How do you think you're going to fare by how your life is lined up to this book? Because I'm going to tell you now, if He's going to judge us according to the works of what this book says, Brother Texas, if my life is not lined up to it, and my deeds and my works don't line up with what this book says I've got to do to make this journey and get to heaven and be my home, my name will not be written in the Lamb's book of life. Brother Orton, you're trying to scare me. I absolutely am trying to scare you to the point that we will wake up and realize that this journey that we're living, we have got to be prepared for it. And you cannot casually walk through life. You cannot casually think, I'm going to make heaven my home. We cannot casually think, I can pray every once in a while, read every once in a while, I can worship every once in a while, and go to the house of God every once in a while, and think that that lines up with what this book says. But that book doesn't say that. This book says otherwise. And my life has to be lined up to this. Because he's going to judge me by this. And if, and if this book right here judges me and says, Hey, I, I've not been living up to what the Word of God says I need to be living. My name's not going to be in that book. You know as well as I know there's nothing hardly any worse than getting somewhere you're journeying to and realize you were just not prepared. I went to technical college in 1991. I won the regional 
Vicka competition for the trade that I'm in. Machinist. I want it. Even messing up something, I, I, I want it. I, and, and I thought, I got this. Went to state competition in Florence, Kentucky. When I got there, I realized that I was not prepared. I had stepped into a whole new, another world. I did not realize. I thought my teacher was the grandest teacher in the world. He was. He loved me. He liked me. I liked him. But Sister Penny, what I did not realize till later in my life when I was already working, that this particular man had worked for two years as a machinist and then stepped into teaching the trade. And that man, he sadly prepared me for the real world of machining. And when I stepped into that place where there was other individuals that had been trained and told, and here, here's the thing, we have a, we have a book, a machinist handbook that they call the machinist Bible. It is thicker than this Bible. It is thick, okay? Texas has seen it, right? It's thick. He's got one, I got one. I'm not reading that thing, okay? I only go to it when I need it. But that man did not prepare me for the real world. I, I, I was so lost. I had no idea what I was doing. I, I was sitting around guys that had, had, had learned this stuff and trained all this stuff, and, they, and they, were, they were talking about things that I was like, it was Swahili. I'm like, Leaving that place that I thought, oh, I was so good. I'm going to go to state. I'm going to place. And no. I was not prepared for my destination. You've been there. We've had trips. How many times we've took young people when we get there? Well, so-and-so don't got this, and they don't got that. How many times? Sometimes it's been you, and sometimes it's been somebody else. We get there, and we were not prepared. We're fixing to go to HYC Holiday Youth Convention here in about two weeks. A week, I guess. A week from tomorrow. And undoubtedly, there's going to be somebody that's going to get there, and they're not going to have something. Not going to be prepared. Here's the thing. We have a generation that's making it so easy to get to heaven. So easy to get to heaven that we're producing a generation that's not prepared for heaven. The journey, they're not prepared. Here's the thing. Somebody says, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to live by that standard. You don't have to dress like that. You don't have to talk like that. You don't have to be that strict on what you watch on television. You don't have to be that strict with, uh, with your children. You don't have to be that strict with this, you're that strict with that. Well, I'll tell you what. If I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of preparation. Because I would rather be too prepared than to get there and not be prepared enough. I love to deer hunt. I don't like it when it's cold, but I'd rather go to the woods with too many clothes on than to get out there and not have enough. Because I've done both. 
I've got there and not have enough clothes on, freeze to death, and go back to the house early. And I've got there and have too much clothes on, and I can always take a layer off. I'd rather be overprepared than underprepared any day. Any day. I'm, I'm not going to be too much longer this evening with this. Mercy. Tough. Are you preparing for the journey? Or are we just floating through this? Are we prepared for this? Or are we just floating through? I mean, you, I'm looking at these babies tonight. You can never be prepared for what they're going to bring to your world. But I can tell you one thing. You, should, you sure can be underprepared. You, you, you can't go into having a baby and thinking, you know what? Oh, I got this. It's a breeze. No, it don't work that way. We got all these kids. They know everything about adulthood. Until I start seeing posts on Facebook about, oh, I got to go to work. Welcome to adulthood. I got to do this. I got to do that. We're, we're so... We're so ready to get to certain places that we're just so it's unprepared. But Jesus puts it in perspective in Matthew 25. I'm not going to read all of it for time's sake. I will par paraphrase it in Daniel, Daniel version. We know that the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like a, ten virgins. They had lamps. They went out to meet the bridegroom. The Bible lets us know there's five wise, there's five foolish. Uh, it lets us know that the foolish took lamps, but they had no oil with them. It lets us know that the wise took their vessels with them and they had oil. And we know that the bridegroom tarried, or in other words, um, he was a little slower than they thought getting there. And the Bible said they all slumbered and slept. And we know that a time they really wouldn't expect him, which was midnight, a cry was made, said, hey, the bridegroom come. Now you need to go out and meet him. The Bible lets us know that all those virgins, they arose, they trimmed the lamps. The foolish said to the wise, give us your oil. Our lamps has gone out. In other words, they were saying, we wasn't prepared. The wise said, no, unless there not be enough for us and you. But basically said, look, you're going to go buy your own. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom come. And those who were ready, they, those who were prepared, they went in to the marriage, and then the door was shut. And then those who was not prepared came and knocked on the door. And a very disturbing passage of Scripture says this. I know you not. I don't know you. 
just simply tells me today that if we're not prepared for this journey, preparing for the destination, we may think we have enough. And even because we have known him, and maybe we have been prepared at some time, because no doubt they probably at one time had oil. But in the process of life, it became boring. It became not as exciting. And they didn't keep the lamp full. And they wasn't prepared. This happens so many times in church. I know you guys just got new vehicles. I've never been there. You, you get that new vehicle and it's, you keep it washed. You keep, you keep it cleaned out. You keep, you keep it full of gas. But through a process of time, the new wears off and we forget. And we just begin to let it slide. And we're here. We're here. Dreams. I'm not, I'm not a dreamer. I don't dream a lot. I'll go back to the, the versions here in a second. I'm not a big dreamer. <clears throat> Sister Cheryl dreams all the time. Anybody else dream all the time? Anybody like me, you don't dream much. I, I don't dream much. But when I do dream, there is a particular dream I dream often. Some type of version of this dream I dream a lot of times. Studying for this tonight, I found that this dream is often known as an anxiety dream. Anybody ever had an anxiety dream? Just thinking about it, you probably say, yeah. It's said that anxiety dreams are common. Most people have them from time to time about something, about going, something's going on at school, work, your personal life. Um, I found in looking at this that anxiety dreams, for pastors, there is a particular common one they have a lot. In the dream, it's, it's time for church. This, this is how mine happens a lot. It's time for church. I could not count the times I've had this dream. It's time for church. I can't find my notes. I'm running late. I, I can't get there on time. People's not showing up. Inedibly, that one person is being themselves. <laughs> and a lot of times, it's not even people from our church. It's from churches of days gone by. And all of a sudden, I'm pastor, and I'm like, why are they here? Um, the sermon is not complete. I mean, I can just go on and on. You know what I'm talking about. It's just something crazy. Uh, something's crazy is going on. This dream, it does remind me of this parable. It's the parable of the wise and the foolish. It's kind of like that anxiety dream for us as Christians. You ever have that dream? That Jesus came back and you didn't go. It, this should remind us that this parable, it should it remind us of the importance of being ready. 
of being prepared at all times for the coming of Jesus. This parable should speak to us about the value of preparedness over planning. When it comes to this journey, we are all traveling, okay? The wise virgins prepared for the call. They needed all the oil that they needed. They had it. The unwise did not prepare. They had a plan, but they hadn't prepared. There's a difference between having a plan and being prepared, okay? And I'm calling on us to take our plans we've been planning for years. I plan to pray more. I plan to read my Bible more. I plan to do more outreach. I plan to do this. I plan to do that. Let's change that in 2022. And let's go from the plans we've been making all these 16 years. And, and in the midst of this reset, let's, pre- let's start preparing. Let's just do it. So I'm going to try to talk to us here about what it takes to prepare for the journey. So in and, and wrapping this up tonight, John the Baptist preached saying, Prepare the way of the Lord. He didn't say, plan the way of the Lord. He said, prepare. He said, do it. It seems to be that God does the planning and we've got to do the preparing. God's done got the plan, folks. Here it is. Repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then he goes, he proceeds to give us all kinds of epistles to, to get, show us the plan of what it takes to prepare for the coming of the Lord. And at the beginning of the journey to heaven, you can't really tell who the followers are, right? Because look at the beginning of it. All ten had lamps. They all were excited about the wedding. But the longer the journey gets to heaven, the later it gets at night, the more clear it becomes who's wise and who's foolish. And if the last two years have taught us anything in the church, we're seeing who's wise and who's foolish. Who's prepared and who is coming up with their own plans about how to do this. Who's actually going to get to come into the wedding banquet and who's going to be shocked to find out? You mean I can't come in? I have been planning for it, but was you prepared? If we are to prepare for the journey, it's for us to be like the bridesmaids who are ready at any time to respond to the call of Jesus. Here's my question tonight. How prepared are you? We've been making plans for a long time, but here's the question. How prepared are you? Are you prepared? Huh? Are you prepared? Amen. Are you prepared? Here. 
Let me come. I'm going to close with this. I knew it wouldn't be real long tonight with this, but. Jeremiah 29, 11, 13 through 13 is a powerful scripture. This is Jesus, or the Lord speaking through Jeremiah, talking about this preparation. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, his thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you, anybody know what it says? An expected end. What's he saying here? I already know the plan I have for you. I know the expected end. He said, then shall you. He said, I, I've done got the plan. Now, this is your responsibility. You shall call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken to you. He says this, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Our preparation for the journey must always start and continue the whole entire time that we're journeying this thing with seeking him, finding him, and searching for him with all of our heart. The moment, what, what's that mean? That means that we must, in order for us to prepare, be prepared for this journey, be prepared for our destination, we have to stay excited about Jesus. I know there's seasons in life when things come along that almost seems like it takes precedence and it's, it's so exciting. Babies come along, marriages happen, new jobs, new vehicles, new, new adventures, but nothing, 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 nothing can take the precedence to the point that we let our lamps get empty. Because at any moment, they're going to cry, the bridegroom is here. And when he does, we must be prepared. We must be prepared. Because if we're not, he's going to shut the door. And when God shuts the door, the door is shut. It didn't matter how many people knocked on that door after God shut the door for, for Noah. It's shut, baby. He wasn't going to open it. When the groomsmen said, look, I'm sorry, the door's shut. We don't even know who you are. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter if, you'd, if we've been there or not. We have to be prepared. So... Let's prepare for the journey. I'm telling you right now, from the youngest to the oldest in this place tonight, Jesus is fixing to come so soon. I must be prepared. If you're a preacher, you're not like everybody else. And we can't be like everybody else. We may get it may seem like we're getting away with it, but no. Let's go farther. If you're a saint, if you're a saint of the Most High God, just because everybody else is doing it, this is the plan. If my life don't line up with the plan, then I'm not prepared. I've got to be prepared. So I wonder tonight if we could, we could do that last thing that I, that I said here.
we could come and we could seek the Lord and seek Him. I want to be prepared. I'm going to tell you, you like me, you probably feel so, so inadequate at times. But He knows the thoughts He has towards us. He has thoughts of peace. He has an expected end. He's then made the plan. It's in this book. It's the plan of salvation. Let's just be prepared by living. So let's talk to the Lord.